0: Amina is an activist during the Arab Spring. Her blog, Gay Girl in Damascus, attracts readers from around the world. When she's mysteriously abducted, her followers mobilize, desperate to save her. What they find shocks them. I'm Samira Moeddin, the host of Gay Girl Gone, a new six-part series from CBC. Listen wherever you get
1: your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. If you have a grade 12 student in your household, this is an exciting and nervous time. Campus tours, meetings with guidance counsellors, university applications going out the door. Universities in the province of Ontario are in financial trouble. A new report commissioned by the province's government says that post-secondary education and the sector itself is at serious risk. Universities say they need more money fast. Merrick Gertler is the president of the University of Toronto
0: but i do think that the risk is real that if we cling to the status quo a terrific provincial university system is really at at risk it's it's really at risk of seeing its uh, standing in the world's eyes decline And that will impair our ability to attract students from across the country and around the world. There's no doubt about that.
1: Universities are calling for a tuition increase and more funding. In a moment, we'll talk about the value of higher education and the economics of that degree, especially during a cost of living crisis. But first, I'm joined by Deborah McClatchy. She's president and vice chancellor at Wilfrid Laurier University in Waterloo, Ontario. Deborah McClatchy, good morning. Good morning. It's great to be here. It's great to have you here. You wrote in a Toronto Star opinion piece, we are now facing an untenable financial future that jeopardizes the prosperity of Ontario. Those are pretty strong words. Tell me about the untenable financial future that is impacting your university.
2: Uh, well there it, there's multiple parts of, of the story. I think it's important for people to know that right now uh, Wilford Laurier University has an 11 million dollar deficit that we're operating in. Uh, and provincial operating grants per full-time student have been in decline since about 2006 and they've been frozen since 2016. And these grants have declined 31% over more than a decade, and they've not kept pace with population growth or the demographic growth of uh, university-age students, with inflation or the evolving needs for support that our students have. Uh, And that last year there were actually 21,000 unfunded Canadian students Mm. in Ontario universities. What does that mean? Um, What does that
1: mean? Unfunded Canadian students.
2: Yeah, it means that these are students that universities are educating with no grants from the government. And so at Laurier alone, we have over 2,200 unfunded students, uh, the total value of which was over $17 million. And two thirds of these students are in science, technology and health programs. And those are the graduates our communities need right mm-hmm. now. Um, and in addition to that, there's been a tuition free since 2019 um, and we've had to cut $21 million from our operating budget. And so when you add all of this together, what's being affected now is the quality of our teaching and learning environment, the student supports we provide, the digital innovation that we can undertake, the infrastructure that we can um, continue to upgrade and and, and build. And, uh, you know, we're just seeing impacts throughout the whole university system.
1: So that's a lot to unpack. Let me... St- Start with yes. the issue of the tuition freeze. Um, the Ontario government reduced tuition fees by ten percent in twenty nineteen. Has frozen the rates since then. What has that meant for your your university's finances?
2: Yeah. Uh, well, it it in a combination with the operating grant freeze has led to um, and you know to operating deficits. But I think it's really important to. Uh, See that really what it's what it's meant is uh, that we've had to really uh, look at the student supports that we provide that actually get the students through their education and through to graduation.
1: What what what, what uh, aren't you able to offer because tuition freeze has been has been in place for for several years?
2: Yeah. So our students, our student services spending has actually increased over 17% in the last five years at Laurier for things like accessible learning, uh, which provides learning supports to students who need them, um, mental health supports, um, ensuring that we have uh, recreational facilities uh, available to students all of those are under, under pressure. Mm. Uh, we know that across the province that uh, accessible learning offices, uh, that the per student funding has dropped by 67%. That's a report that was just done by the Higher Education Quality Council of Ontario. Uh, And they, another external organization that has recommended that the government increase funding through a permanent sustained funding strategy to support students through to graduation.
1: The panel that wrote that report proposed a 5% increase in tuition and a 10% boost in government funding. How much would the, the tuition increase, how much would that help you get into a healthier financial position?
2: I think it's, it's multiple fold. Certainly it would provide the stable and predictable funding that we, um, that we need. And that's funding not just for the universities, but it's also um, stability for students and their families to know what the, um, the tuition will be in, in over a period of time while they're, while they're attending university. But it will allow us to invest in the supports that the students need. So we'll allow us to invest in those mental health supports and, and other um, decreasing class sizes. You know, I would love to be able to decrease the class sizes. We know that that leads to a better educational opportunity for students. Um, but it's uh, right now it's, it's, it's a challenge to make those investments as well as in tech and technology needs that, 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 uh, that can add to the educational experience for students as well.
1: The minister responsible in the province of Ontario says in a statement, before agreeing to any tuition increases, we need to ensure that colleges and universities are taking the necessary steps to ensure that they are operating as efficiently as possible. She's telling you to find efficiencies before you ask people for more money.
2: Yes, and I think it's really important to understand um, how incredibly efficient Ontario universities really are. Uh, If you look at it um, from how much we spend on salaries and benefits of our employees per full-time student uh, for Ontario universities, uh, that's around $15,000. That's the second lowest in Canada. And at Laurier, that cost is actually around $12,000 per student. So we are already an incredibly efficient institution, uh, and we've been doing everything that we can to uh, continue to um, support uh, the students that we have in the in the needs that they have academically and in their their student supports to get through through to graduation.
1: Let's talk about those students. Vivian Chiam is the president of the Ontario Undergraduate Student Alliance. Graduated from Laurier this year, she says a tuition increase is not the right approach to deal with this problem. Have a listen.
2: Students would have to choose between paying for rent paying for their food. It should not be part of any student's experience to have to choose between eating or going to school. Students are very much facing the brunt of this. Education is very, very important, but it can be very difficult as a student to see the end goal and want to achieve those things when you have all these other debts and burdens
1: Put on you Deborah McClatchy how do you respond to students who say they can't afford to pay more to go to school right now everything is expensive school is expensive um, and that they feel that that they that there will be consequences if you are asking more more from students
2: yeah I understand there's an affordability crisis right now for students and their families. I talk to students every every single day uh, as I noted a tuition and corridor funding framework, could provide predictability and stability for everyone, but it's the corridor funding or that government grant funding that is also a key uh, recommendation from the blue ribbon panel. But, that just, but just to I be clear, the, you're, you're the all, government pays attention to.
1: You're also looking for a tuition increase though, right? Just to be clear on that.
2: Yes. But the blue ribbon panel also recommended increases in the Ontario student assistance program to um, support uh, students in need Uh, And uh, that would be matched with a tuition increase so that the available government grants and uh, scholar uh, bursaries would be available uh, in a commensurate way. Uh, Also, universities do set aside part of their operating grants to support students in need, and we would continue to do so. Uh, And last year alone, Laurier provided more than uh, $3 million in donor-supported scholarships and bursaries, helping more than 10% of our student population. So we really see this in a very holistic way. Mm. Yes, if if tuition goes up, then uh, government assistance to students in need needs to go up. Student supports for those students needs to continue to uh, to 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 match the student needs, and further than that, um, the operating grant is crucial to this. Uh, uh, this formula, and I think it's important to know that K to 12 and the healthcare sectors do receive small annual increases in funding to reflect inflation and population growth. Mm. And that is something that does not happen to universities and which we're asking the government to also provide uh, for the post-secondary sector.
1: We're out of time, but just very briefly, this is, and I say this with some experience, this is the time of the year when high school graduates are starting to make decisions about where they want to go to school and whether the amount of money that they're going to be putting into it is is in some ways gonna be worth it. When you think about that, is the value and the value of, of education, when we're talking about a financial squeeze, we're talking about people being in an affordability crisis, how do you reckon with that idea of, of whether it's worth the cost? Just briefly.
2: Oh, it's absolutely worth worth the cost. Uh, university is always both a public and, and private good. Uh, you know, we know that university graduates, their lifetime earnings are going to uh, be greater than if they uh, go to college or if they uh, finish after their education after high school. Uh, and we know that they're going to be the business leaders, the entrepreneurs, the social workers, the teachers, the engineers, computer scientists, health scientists, practitioners that our communities need and that they'll, they'll have fulfilled lives because they are, are strong citizens of the province and of the country. And I, I think there's, there's nothing more worth investing in than a university education.
1: Deborah McClatchy, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much. Thank you. Deborah McClatchy is a president and vice chancellor at Wilfrid Laurier University in Waterloo, Ontario. Hello, I'm Jess Milton. For 15 years, I produced The Vinyl Café with the late, great Stuart McLean. Every week, more than 2 million people tuned in to hear funny, fictional, feel-good stories about Dave and his family. We're excited to welcome you back to the warm and welcoming world of The Vinyl Café with our new podcast, Backstage at The Vinyl Café. Each week, we'll share two hilarious stories by Stuart, And for the first time ever, I'll tell you what it was like behind the scenes. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. Paul Tuff is a Canadian-American author and broadcaster. He's written extensively about education, contributing editor at the New York Times magazine, and author of The Inequality Machine, How College Divides Us. Paul, good morning to you. Good morning. You just heard the uh, very strong pitch there for the value of a university education. What do you make of that in this moment? Uh,
0: I think that's accurate. I mean, when you look at the statistics of uh, how uh, the financial benefits to college, they're they're pretty clear um, that, that college and university graduates, uh, earn more over a lifetime than those who stop after, uh, after high school. Um, th- I think the question for a lot of families, both in the United States and increasingly in Canada is whether the cost of that university education makes it worthwhile.
1: Mm, come back to that in a moment. Part of the cost is around the cost going up. Why is it that you think universities need to think carefully about whether, a tuition increase is the right approach to addressing the budget shortfalls that we just heard from from Deborah McClatchy about.
0: Well, we're uh, in a period both in the United States and Canada where there's a shift in who is paying for higher education, that shift took place more dramatically and earlier in the United States where we went uh, from a a situation 40 years ago where public um, higher education was pretty affordable for most families um, and where the government was paying the the lion's share of the cost of, of public higher education. And over the last 40 years, that has really shifted so that more and more of the burden goes on families. Um, and that has created a system uh, in the United States which is unaffordable for a lot of families and in which higher education has become much more unequal. Um, and so I, I think we're, we're at sort of an earlier stage of that process in Canada. I hope you don't follow uh, all of the, the, the path that Americans have followed. Um, but the more that uh, government funding is cut, the more that... Um, uh, the burden goes on to individual students and individual families, uh, the more inaccessible higher education becomes for so many families.
1: And have you seen that? I mean, again, these are different systems, but you know, the Canadian system. Well, have you seen that play out in the United States? Is that a real concern for you in terms of what might happen here in Canada?
0: It is. I mean, the shift in the United States has been huge. I mean, the cost now uh, of uh, one year of public higher education um, in the United States is $19,000 on average for a family. But there's a huge variability. So some um, public higher education students are paying much more than that. Some are paying less. And then we also have an extensive private uh, higher education system where the fees are much higher than that. And so for lots of families, that is uh, that unaffordable and it creates um, with the growth of tuition has come in the United States the growth of student debt which for many students many families many graduates um, is uh, really constraining their educational their economic opportunities um, throughout their adulthood so it, 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 it as that system gets gets um, as the burden gets increasingly put on families mm-hmm. um, it has uh, effects that continue um, through a student's life.
1: And so that comes back to that issue of cost and whether the cost is worth it. You wrote about this um, in the New York Times just this fall, talking about in some ways what you've seen in the U.S. What, when it comes to a decline in support, if I can put it that way, for investing in, in uh, a university education.
0: Yeah. So what what prompted this article was that there has been this remarkable shift just over the last decade or so in the United States about uh, sort of public opinion as reflected in polls about higher education. Even just a decade ago, most Americans said that a college education was worth it, that um, universities were a, a positive force in American life. And now those numbers have really shifted dramatically so that there's much more skepticism about colleges and universities as institutions, but also about the value of a college degree. When, when you look at the economics, it's still clear that, that a, a higher education uh, degree is worthwhile. But because the cost is so great and because the risk is now so large for um, 18-year-olds entering college, uh, it, there, there's, there's this growing skepticism that the whole system is actually worth it. I
1: thought it was interesting that Deborah McClatchy mentioned that science and health students are what our community needs right now. Is there a divide between how the sciences and the arts are seen in terms of value?
0: I think there is. I mean, you know, the there are some raw numbers that show that, on average, uh, STEM graduate science, technology, engineering, math uh, graduates earn more um, than arts and humanities graduates. Um, and uh, I, 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 I was an arts and humanities student myself. I think <laughs> I, I think those degrees are very much worth it. But I think in in terms of the straight economics, it's sometimes hard to see those immediate benefits. And I think that that has created the system where, um, as the cost of uh, a university degree has has own, there's more of a sense among young Americans that you've got to be very serious about your uh, about higher education and only take courses and degrees that are going to immediately pay off.
1: Which leads to a larger philosophical question just in the last couple of minutes that we have about what, what a university degree is for. Is it about training for a job or is it about going and being exposed to ideas and things and subjects that you would have never had an opportunity to, to even know existed before you stepped through those doors?
0: Well, I think ideally it's both. So um, when I I was uh, at McGill University, I was uh, majoring in um, uh, religious studies uh, and taking a lot of poetry classes, none of which were were technically good job training for my career in uh, journalism, uh, but all of which I feel like educated me in a much deeper way about how to think about language, how to think about ideas. Um, And so I totally understand how any individual student and their family would think would be forced, especially by rising tuition, to think more practically about the kind of degree that that, that they're getting and what subjects they're taking. Um, but I'm absolutely a believer that a lot of what the benefit is for young people uh, in those years from higher education is a, a broader kind of deeper education about who they are, what the world is all about.
1: I guess it just comes back to, again, the pie is the pie. How do you divide up the pie? We're in the midst of an affordability crisis. You have governments that are focusing on Funding things that can make a real difference to people right now, housing, food prices, heating costs, what have you. And you could imagine that people would say, why does post-secondary education and funding, whether it's job training or whether it's the opportunity to go and learn about ideas, whether, why that needs to be a priority in, in that moment that we're living through right now.
0: Yeah, well, so I mean, I think I think there there's lots of evidence that the value of higher education is not just for the individual; it's for the society. I mean, that's why every other country uh, invests so heavily in their own public higher education, um, because not only do students benefit, the whole society benefits. Um, and you know, I think every country has to make this decision about how much of that cost is borne by families and how much of that cost is borne by taxpayers. But the the path that Americans went down, shifting so much of that burden on the individual families has created a system that is um really unfair really unequal and and unaffordable for so many young people um and i think i think that was a mistake um and so uh i'm not sure exactly what the right balance is but certainly a major a major uh the public should be a major contributor
1: to um to public higher education paul really good to talk to you about this thank you very much Thank you. Paul Toff is a contributing editor at the New York Times Magazine, author of a book called The Inequality Machine, How College Divides Us. Again, this is the time of the year when grade 12 students are thinking about where they're going to go, what they want to do. What do you make of that idea of, of, of in some ways, what higher education is for? Should we be thinking about that? And what is the role of government in helping to fund those aspirations and those goals? You can email us. The current at cbc.ca would love to hear from those potential students as well as perhaps the parents. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.